Welcome to Call Your Hits, a Storm Riders Airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Today, I've got Chaz in the studio with me. Uh, for those of you who don't know Chaz, he's a regular correspondent with us. He's one of our Discord mods, just an all-around great guy. And uh, Chaz and I were talking a few weeks ago about you know the potential of, okay, what can we talk about on the podcast? And Chaz has a tremendous amount of experience when it comes to airsoft teching, working on airsoft guns, all different kinds of guns. And one of the things that really sort of stood out in our initial conversations was was this idea of people getting into teching with airsoft and in particular looking at boneyard guns so looking at guns that are airsoft replicas that are not working uh, for some reason that people are selling off cheap and thinking oh yeah that's a great project for me or i'll be able to build a new gun for cheap or whatever and in our initial conversations we were like yeah no there's a lot of complexities to that and it we think it would make for a really good uh, podcast episode because there's so much variability out there and, and so on. So um, that I think is the, the, going to be the meat and potatoes for today. But as well, I think there's there's a portion here around used airsoft replicas, used gear in general. I mean, there's it's no secret there's a huge residual market, uh, right, for uh, used gear, used airsoft replicas. There's you know the the Reddit airsoft marketplace. There's uh, Hop Up. There is the airsoft marketplace Canada on Reddit. There's the airsoft Canada forums, which I used my basically my entire time playing airsoft. Every single airsoft gun that I've ever bought came off the airsoft class, Canada classifieds, whether or not it was almost like like new condition when I got it is a different story. But like so. You can absolutely do that. You don't necessarily have to buy from retailers, but when you buy a used gun, there can be particularities to that. And especially when you're looking at boneyards where, you know, you're going to kind of like, if you're like a car enthusiast, you, you buy something at a junkyard, like, Oh, I'm going to fix it up. Well, there, you know, you need to know what you're doing. There's, there's considerations. So that's, I think uh, what we're going to talk about today with Chaz, um, who. Uh, and, you know, as an aside, whose opinion on airsoft teching matters, I take very seriously, right? Like, I, Pat and I work uh, on my airsoft gun all the time, but Chaz has a lot of really great ideas. He knows a, a lot about you know, what's worked for him in the past. And spoiler alert, I mean, it does work for other people too. Has it worked for me in my exact situation? Not necessarily because of the realities we're going to talk about today, right? You airsoft guns are are... You know, special, you, right? You you gotta let that max hop up go, Phil. <laughs> no, I got what it's it's back in my gun. It's working. It's oh, totally it? good. Oh. Well, yeah, because now Thank I've you. got you know I've got the Kythera now. I've got a different you know receipt. Like so, that's true. You know, it's the particularities, right? Like some something that works for one person with one particular setup might not work for you. But anyways, we'll get into that. So I think, yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to have this conversation with you because boneyard yeah. guns. It's something that I've seen since I've been playing airsoft. People are like, oh, I'm selling this as Boneyard, super cheap, you know, like 100 bucks Canadian, which by the way, 100 bucks Canadian for us is super cheap. It's not, maybe not 100 bucks by your standards, but um, yeah. And it's not something that I've ever delved into because, it, you know, it it seems really daunting, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff out there. You know, most of the time, we all get into airsoft and, um, you know, go to the airsoft store or go online because there's mm -hmm. plenty of online 
ways to buy a gun, Amazon, Airsoft GI, here in the US at least, uh, mm -hmm. Amazon, Airsoft GI, uh, uh, EVIC, um, SS Airsoft, it, all over the country, there are retailers. And of course, they love to do business online. Um, and that's the way most people, I think, buy their first airsoft guns. Um, you know, there's a lot of theories out there on, on you know, the first timers, a, a newbie buying an airsoft gun. Do you buy, mm -hmm. uh, do you buy a, a beginner gun, which I hate that term and I hate uh, the idea of a beginner gun because that generally refers to a very low end inexpensive gun you know something in the 200 yeah. or sub 200 range I, I i mean i know for a fact you can buy a gun for, and get it here to the u.s for um or find it here in the u.s i should say um for you know less than 100 bucks i've done it yeah um right there <laughs> right there that mp5k that i've you've heard me bitch about so much yeah um but um you know thinking about it though most of my collection back here is actually used guns mm -hmm. there's very few that that are new that i bought um let me think of 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 the guns and and you know the screen isn't showing all of them there's a few more to the to the side but mm -hmm. uh, only three of those are were bought new and then right. the mp5k was bought new as well um but beyond that everything else was a used gun that i bought yeah and you know we can talk about that in, in a sec or you know uh, on another episode but there's you know everyone that wants to upgrade their airsoft guns right that's everyone's yeah. always talking about it doesn't matter at what level you're talking about the first time you play airsoft like you're having a great time and you're just you're enjoying yourself but at the same time you're also recognizing the limitations of the airsoft gun that you're using because typically what you are learning to play on is a beginner gun or a rental gun which you know is shooting what like 75 feet right like you know it's shooting like you know might be shooting a jewel like depending on how well maintained it is etc unless you happen to be playing with people who are more experienced who have better gear that you can use like if we take somebody out for for a day or whatever they're using a gun that is significantly better than those beginner guns that you're talking about so right off the hop you're like oh it would be great if i could shoot further it would be great if i could shoot you know from twice that distance and people immediately will tell you oh you can do that you got to do this you got to do this you got to do this and suddenly you get inundated with oh i've been playing airsoft for like three games and now i've got to put 400 dollars worth of up upgrades often, in my gun right but oftentimes phil though and i've experienced this and you know, uh, having, we talked about it in that last podcast I was on the one after, uh, battle for Los Angeles five, you know, where both Sam and I, you know, these guys come up and there were a lot of newbies at that game and they were like, Oh, my gun just isn't shooting. It's like, well, did you adjust the hop up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And surely, you know, you borrow, you take the gun, you shoot it. And it's like, whoop, whoop just dropping, you know, after 50 feet and, uh, you adjust the hop up, hand it back to them. And they're like, Oh my God, it's like a whole brand new gun all yeah. over again. So just understanding how, a, how an airsoft gun works, you know, is the beginning of learning how to tech, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Understanding how and what makes an airsoft gun works is super important to teching. 
Yeah, and you have then people who are in this position where they look at, you know, they look, they start learning initially. And by virtue of the fact that there's so much knowledge available out there on airsoft hacking by form, you know, of the videos, people who are available in communities like ours to provide input and insight and stuff like that. As a beginner, you can very quickly be inundated with opinions and ideas, but also... Absolutely. If someone were to listen to you talk about teching, for you, very basic things are not necessarily basic to somebody else who is just learning brand new. This and so true. they're listening to all this stuff and they're like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And that's where they fall, I think, into this trap of I see this boneyard gun. Let me just fix it up. And instead of shelling out, you know, $800 for the top tier gun, I can spend $200 and a couple of upgrades and I'll have the exact same thing. And I think. That is a misconception, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, getting in over your head is is so easy to do. And mm -hmm. and that can happen with a brand new gun or a, a boneyard or a, just, you know, a lightly used gun. You know, and I think that's how you have to classify them as new, lightly used that you can just buy from somebody and just start playing with it or a boneyard gun. And in mm -hmm. what I call a boneyard gun... Um, I mean, and there's 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 some variability in that as well. Um, plug a battery in, okay, it shoots, it's working. Eh, technically, it might be at the lower end of a you know a lightly used gun um, to a gun in a box. Like, if it wasn't for the box, the gun would not be together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I've I've bought a couple like that. Yeah. Um, so you have to have to be careful about you know knowing what you're buying you know you're buying a brand new gun you're pretty assured that it's going to work and you have you know a little bit of a warranty with it through most providers yeah. you know i think 60 days is generally or 30 days something like that um if you take it out and you say oh it was just shooting fine and then all of a sudden it just stopped and yet the receiver is cracked and the, or the stock is snapped off. It's like eh, most, yeah. most retailers, at least the, you know, our local one here, Fox airsoft, you know, they're, they're very good about taking, I've been in the shop when kids have come in with their parents and they're like, it was just working. And then this happened. And it's like, you fell on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. It didn't happen, but, uh, and they'll take it back, but you know, there is no return recourse on a used gun. If yeah. you buy it from somebody off of hop up or, or, you know, any of the other ways to do it, you better know what you're getting into because you're going to be stuck with that thing. Yeah. And I've had, you know, in my experiences, like I've had situations where I had a gun that I sold to someone and I, um, it was in working condition. I brought it to his place and then he shot it and, um, then he wanted to inspect some of the other stuff. And so he took them, he took the motor out after I was gone. Uh, and then he was like, oh, well, the wires are all stripped. Like, why did you sell that to me in that condition? And I'm like, well, I don't recall the wires being stripped when I sold it to you. Um, yeah. but like, I, I mean, I, is it possible? Like, yeah. So I'm going to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. So then I, you know, I give him back a bit of money to be like, okay, fine, whatever. Right. But like, nice. <laughs> and I mean, maybe that was me being too nice for sure. But you know, he's, our community is very small. Like yeah, people, you know, are exactly. happy and stuff. It's fine. And you know, it's, you know, 50 bucks in difference. That's okay. But you know, that is the kind of thing that you need to be prepared for in, in you know, in, in the used, uh, in the used space. And 
if the gun is working, then it has to be working. But what one person considers working and what one person considers working might not be the same thing. And to be honest, like you're not doing a full fledged field test in someone's oh. garage, putting like, you know, five rounds through a chrono to show that it's shooting the right velocity. Absolutely. And in the same way, you know, we talked about this, uh, you were, you're talking about it, right? Like different people have different experience levels. Well, different people will consider different things boneyard based on that experience level too. I'd say for you to consider something, one of for like one of the guns behind you to be a boneyard gun, that thing would be, have to be basically next to destroyed. Right. Whereas if you put me in that position for me to go like, okay, I've reached the maximum of what I'm, I'm, I'm capable and interested in doing it's, it'll happen much sooner. Right. So there's also that aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's comes down to, to personal skill level when it comes yeah. to attacking stuff. So, um, would I tell a, a, you know, a complete noob, somebody that's just like, Oh my God, I just discovered airsoft, um, to get in and, and start, you know, buying a cheap boneyard gun. Oh God, no, 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 yeah. no. I would say go buy the brand new gun, enjoy it, play with it. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing is, um, I think you've been playing airsoft longer than I have. Uh, my son started and kind of got me into it and it took me a few years to get into it. But, um, in that time, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of quality increase in new guns. Absolutely. Um, You know, what happens is the competition gets, gets higher and then the price has to come down on, on, uh, uh, other you know guns and then you know and somewhere in the middle like uh, um you know manufacturers will come out with their basic guns or their competition series or their sports series some some call it they have all sorts of terminologies for it for you know so you what what one company says is one thing is completely mm-hmm. different there there is no standard anymore there is no team yeah. standard there used to be a standard that all interior parts were made to, and this this goes to teching as well. Um, there used to be a standard for that, you know, based on the original Tokyo Marui designs, um, and and all of the airsoft guns, the AEGs, are based off of that idea. But you know, there's an ICS over there. Um, <laughs> none of their internal parts will work. I mean, yeah. The piston is the same. The piston head is the same. Uh, the cylinder head and the cylinder, you know, and those are pretty common parts that uh, that are the same. Um, but beyond that, like the nozzle on an ICS is different than almost every other gun out there. And therefore the hop up is different. And that's what leads companies like Max Model, the people who made... Uh, you know, your nemesis for a while. Now it's your hero. My best friend. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your best. You've, you've, you've come to, to learn to love that. Um, they make a special one specifically for ICS. So there's that aspect. Yeah. Um, and that was a tangent, I'm sure. What were we talking about? <laughs> but I think, you know, you're right though. Like I, and I think, you know, back to when I was starting, like the, Tokyo was the standard. My first gun was a Tokyo gun because that's that's what the standard was and i had the income for that especially in canada they were very expensive but i look at some of the guns that other people well i mean yeah but at the time especially um you know like you will back then i was spending like two or three times as much as what you would spend for like an an entry gun right and so 
we I, I look at like the entry guns in like 2006, 2007, 2008 compared to even like uh, the C um the GNG combat machines, the CM16 Raiders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those were way better than the entry guns that we were using back in 2008 2009 etc and now if you compare the you know like a saima or something like that to the cm16 raiders they're even better still so the necessity yeah. for a new player to shell out a lot of money like you know 500 plus on a on an airsoft gun that will do them and not just be a piece of crap it is just not there but no. coming to boneyard i think the whole idea behind doing a boneyard gun is people think that by doing that, they will save money, right? It'll be cheaper for them to buy the boneyard and put the upgrades in it than to just buy the equivalent good airsoft gun or to take a a decent platform and just upgrade that. And for, for your money. And I think for, for my money, like that's just, it doesn't necessarily shake out that way. It certainly, it can for some people, but I think it's a misconception for most, right? But I think that's the 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 rolling of the dice that you do mm-hmm. when you buy a, a, a gun, um, a used gun like that. Um, I mean, I've got several different stories on that. Here's here's one great example of it. So, um, hey, shout out to Todd, um, uh, uh, tugboat captain. So this is a Sig five five two Commando. Um, that Todd found for me and, uh, because I, him and I were chatting one day and, um, and I told him, I said, you know, one gun that I've always been looking for is this SIG 552 by ICS. Um, and they haven't been made in a really long time. And the ones that are out there that you could buy new are really bad and, uh, just, just not worth it. Just Mm -hmm. not worth it. Like just not good quality stuff. But when ICS made this guy, um, they really made a a very, very nice gun. Um, Real early rotary hop up in it, um, you know, before all the the modern, you know, M4 rotary hop ups, uh, Mm -hmm. ICS did that. Um, And, you know, because Todd and and it was so Todd's out in, in North Carolina, I'm in Colorado. So I'm going to base me buying this gun on Todd's opinion of the gun. So he mm-hmm. took it out. He shot it. He actually played a game, you know, uh, um, it was like a pickup day game. So, you know, whatever they went out and played for 20, 30 minutes. He used this gun, um, in its, in the form that I got it in. And he said it was completely fine and it actually shot pretty well. And so I agreed to, to pay the money for it. And I sent, you know, Todd being the saint that he is bought me the gun shipped it to me and then i i paid him for uh for all of it uh worked mm-hmm. out really really well um but it turns out it it's still a wonderful gun i used it this past weekend and uh um it's it's just like a laser beam <laughs> it's it's right. it's a fun gun to play with and so in that particular case um you know, I had an intermediary looking at the gun and, and telling me, it's like, yeah, this is a quality gun. It's all there. It has all these parts and it comes with, you know, working mags, you know. So um, it that was a that was a good buy. Um, yeah. And it just so happened that you had an intermediary as well yeah. who had the experience that you trusted to exactly. be able to give you an Absolutely. opinion that you can take to the bank, so to speak. I mean, you yeah. did literally take it to the bank eventually, and that's right? A, 
that's almost a, that almost never happens, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I may not have bought the gun otherwise. Right. Um, but, you know, it turns out that's a, that's a great gun. Um, hasn't been made in probably 10 years. Todd actually wants another one himself because he had <laughs> that gun and he was like, oh, should I just turn it over to, you know, tell Jazz about it? If not, he was going to buy it, I think. Uh, but he, he let me buy it. Um, anyhow, um, but that, that, that was a good gun. That was a good buy. You know, it was a good, it was, you know, I think it turned out it was probably in the 140-ish range or something. So, yeah, you know, U.S. So, um, yeah, that's an expensive used gun. Uh, but as well, you know, you talk about rolling the dice, but this is a model that you were specifically looking for, exactly. right? Exactly. And so, that's one reason to yeah. do this search for used guns because that gun – ICS is no longer making that gun. And mm-hmm. that's the only way you're going to find that gun. Yeah. And so when you're in that position, it's different. It's a different, uh, you know, you talk about rolling the dice and you're still rolling the dice, yeah. but the dice roll, the game is a bit different because what you're looking for is less, oh, I want to save some money on a boneyard gun uh, and more, I want this particular thing. And chances are like you paid 140, you probably would have paid a little bit more than that. Ideally a little bit less, but like you want that gun. So if that's what it costs and that's what it costs versus I want to get the absolute cheapest thing, even if it's not working and then I'll put up, I'll put my parts in it and, and it'll be fine. And that, you know, it's a different roll of the dice in that situation because Absolutely. in this situation you had this intermediary, right? If you hadn't had this intermediary and you were the one looking for it, let's say locally, then you are the expert in this situation. Yeah. But now imagine you are not you, you're some, you're like a newbie. You don't have the experience to know whether it's working or not, what, what it's going to need, et cetera. And the person who's selling it to you may also not have, well, you know, the fact that they could be malevolent uh, aside, right? Let's say yeah. they're being upstanding about it. They might also not have the knowledge of why this is not working or be even correct in their assessment. Oh, right. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, one for two on hop up. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've bought, one gun successfully, which is also a boneyard gun behind me there. And it's turned out to be, uh, it's another gun that I wanted. And, and once I saw it, I was like, I had to have it. Um, but that one came in a box. That was not a complete one. But the second time I tried to buy a gun on hop up, I think it was a young person, you know, in the listing, he said he wanted a hundred bucks for an AKM. You know, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to gut this thing. I'm going to fix it up. Um, and, uh, but I wanted the platform of an AKM to build my Tarkov AK, you know, 47. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, he, in the listing, he said, oh, a uh, hundred dollars willing to negotiate, um, I don't think he understood what those words meant. <laughs> yeah, that's Willing classic. To negotiate. Yeah. yeah, he he wanted a hundred bucks. Um, you know, might as well have put a uh, hundred bucks. Don't try to try to get it any cheaper. I know what I got. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, so I went in and offered him less. 
And it was the worst experience trying to deal with him. He's like, it's just locked up. I'm like, what does that mean? It's just locked up. That, there could be teeth missing on those gears. Yeah. New set of gears. Could be the piston is destroyed and jammed in there. New piston. Um, new piston head, probably, if it's jammed up. Maybe the 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 uh, threading came out of the, the screw that holds the piston head to the piston. Um, you know, all of these things, you know, there's a hundred different reasons. Or it could just be semi-auto lockup. You know, when you're sitting there spamming in a basic gun, a gun without a MOSFET, you know, and just... Um, trigger contacts sometimes when you're spamming really hard and fast especially in version twos um, they'll lock up like yeah. and the only fix for it is switching it over to full auto which kicks the um, the um, the trolley in the in the trigger contacts off and resets it um, and so that's that's the only fix and this is why aeg should always have uh, uh, mosfets in them but um, <laughs> I know expensive, but, um, but yeah, it could have simply been that. And this kid just didn't know. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. You've got to, you've, you've just got to really pay attention to what people are saying. And ultimately I just let that whole thing go because it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't worth the time dealing with, you know, being frustrated and then ultimately just getting a cheap gun. Mm. And, and, and I mean that, that one experience aside, I think, when people say, okay, well, this is, this is the problem with it or whatever. My question is always, well, why haven't you fixed it? Right. Exactly. If it's That's... just that, right. Like, why didn't you just fix it? Right. It's, and if it's, if the answer to that question is I don't have the skills, I don't have the time, I don't have the interest. Fair enough. Yeah. But if you don't have the skills, then how do you really know that that's what the only pro part of the problem is? Absolutely. Right. And so hundred percent when you're, and I think we, you know, as airsofters, we, we fall into this trap sometimes because we get really excited about the prospect of the new shiny thing, right? And so you kind of have your blinders on. You're like, oh, yeah, it's probably just this, whatever. And we're not really thinking as critically as we need to be, especially if we're early in our airsoft, our time playing airsoft, um, especially if this is like our first gun or, you know, close on it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a great deal. It's a great deal. I'll be able to fix it. And we're not mm -hmm. thinking about, okay do I have the skills to diagnose and fix it? Because like you were saying before, it could be a variety of different things. And so if it's yeah. semi-auto lockup, you, you know, good, good news, right? It's going to be easy, right? If it's, uh, there's a, you know, the motor is burnt out and probably an easy fix, right? But then if you're like, oh, well, there's a part of the gearbox that's sheared off and the gears don't stay in place anymore. Like this is a very vastly different problem. Oh yeah. It's right. A, it's a, it's an, a sliding scale of what could be wrong. I mm -hmm. mean, with that many moving parts inside of an, an AEG, uh, you know, could broken tappet plate, broken yep. teeth on gears, uh, you know, motor burnt out, wires trashed and, and frayed. I mean, there's just a, it just goes on and on and on about what could be wrong with it. And I think you're right. I think sometimes people do get tunnel vision and they just get so laser focused. There's that. But I think what also happens is, is, and I've, I've fell prey to this myself is the opposite. You know, here I am supposed to be the expert, um, you know, in a, a few years of, of messing with guns and doing things. Um, I, I see something I'm like, Oh yeah, I can fix that. Oh yeah. It's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's all 
blown up and trashed mm -hmm. and oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to fix that. I'm just going to drop new gears in that anyway. And then you're like, ah, oh, wow. What, what did I buy? So yeah. again, you have to, um, reconcile yourself to, you know, you might just buy a turd and it's never yeah. going to be anything more than that. Um, and you just have to be okay with that if you're going to buy a boneyard gun. Yeah. And that's, I think why, like, it's, it's so important that especially our newer players, you know, really be aware of that because yeah. if you're, you know, like a lot of people who are younger, who are starting out playing, uh, and even some who are not as young, I mean, your airsoft budget is likely going to be very limited and you may only have one airsoft gun. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you look at getting a boneyard or whatever, and then, you know, you're investing all of your time and energy in this, and it doesn't really do what you needed to like, that's extremely, uh, that's extremely defeating. Right. And yeah. teching on a gun that's already broke, learning to tech, I should say on a gun that's already broken is not a good way to learn, especially if you're also, you know, hinging that on, oh, well, I, I'm going to be playing, you know, in the next couple of months, I got to get this boneyard gun running. Okay. But if you have a game coming up and you're relying on your abilities to get this gun up and running, you better already have those skills because then you're compounding everything. Not only are you learning, which is a process where you're going to make mistakes, yeah. but on top of that, you're putting on time pressures on you because if it doesn't go, then you might not be able to play the, the thing that you're planning or, or whatever. Like yeah. it's, you're, you're absolutely right. When you talk about rolling the dice, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. Like, you know, like you think about like playing in a casino or whatever, not that I've ever done that, but like, I understand that these are, these are games of odds and stuff, but you, it's not just about the odds. You have to understand how the game is played to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, well, I don't know anything about craps. There's a table, there's a spinning thing. I don't know anything about it. I, if I go and I play that, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to lose my money because I have no idea how this works. And bone you drink in your hand, you'll be fine. Well, I suppose maybe <laughs> it'll, it'll ease the pain. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to lose or I maybe I just happen to get very, very lucky. But the exactly. odds are not in my favor, right? If no, I don't even know the game. absolutely not. Rules. Yeah. But see, that's, you know, I, I don't want to say that, you know, you shouldn't be buying a Boneyard gun unless you're, you know, eminently qualified to tear, tear apart. Totally, totally. Any yeah. Any airsoft gun. Because, um, you know, it may you may buy a gun and it, it may be broken and it may be a, a flaming pile of crap. Uh but at least you're going to be able to open it up and maybe you spent 25 bucks on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, th I can think of a lot of silly ways to spend 25 bucks. Uh, I've eaten, I've eaten more than $25 oh. worth of food. So yeah. Right. Yeah, like we all have, I've, I've, yeah. bought, I've bought more, I bought a drink that costs more than 25 bucks. Yeah, it, totally. It, but um, you know, so, so it may not be the worst idea, you know, to buy something like that, that you just going to fiddle around with. Maybe you've already got a good working AEG or a good working airsoft gun. Don't mess with that one. Buy mm -hmm. a, a boneyard gun that is in, let's hopefully it's, it's, you know, working at some level um, and take it apart. I think that's a, I think that's a completely fair way to do it because you don't really want to tech on um, a brand new, completely working gun especially if you're, you know, a week out of an event or, or a game that you want to play. But mm -hmm. a, a Boneyard gun is a great entry into what's inside here. How do these things work? Because I think yeah. a lot of people are afraid. I know I was. Uh, when I first started, I was like, oh, I'm just going to take my guns to 
to the to the shop and 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 let them fix it because I'm afraid to open these things up. Well, as it turned out, the shop wasn't any better. Uh, yeah, I, I got a gun back. They didn't tighten down a, a single screw that holds down the uh, uh, trigger contacts. It backed out, got into the gears, snapped teeth off of uh, this beautiful set of 16 to one Lonex Oof. gears. And then they replaced it with non, you know, non Lonex mm -hmm. gears, 16 to one still. But uh, it's like, uh, not happy. So it was after that, that, uh, oh, also they installed the, uh, the, the spring backward, you know, on a, of course. a, a nonlinear spring is supposed yeah. to only go in, in one direction. Um, and they had that installed backwards and I was like, okay, this is it. And that's when I did the deep dive into YouTube and just watched every video on every, you know, starting with the, uh, uh, version twos and just how to take these things apart. You know, it's just they don't all come apart in the same way, but in a yeah. general sense, most let's say M4s come apart in a very similar manner, uh, with with a few exceptions. But um, that's how I that's how I started learning, and so I think a, a, a boneyard gun might be a good teaching tool. You know, not expecting to turn it into you know the laser beam, you know, super slayer gun thing. Um, yeah. So that's that's an option. Uh, an option I think out there. And it's interesting you mentioned that because the way that I learned, the way that Patrick taught me how to assemble and disassemble and reassemble a V2 gearbox is he had an old V2 gearbox in it. He had a whole bunch of parts in his basement that were just junk parts or whatever. Yeah. And so he put it together and he was like, okay, take it apart. Okay. That's put it back idea. together. Yeah. Okay. Take it apart. Put it back together. And then once I had done that five or six times and he was confident that he didn't need to watch me anymore, he's like, okay, you got it. It's fine, yeah. right? And I could have watched 10 million Airsoft videos on how to open a, and close a V2 gearbox and it would not have taught me as much as just doing that in a no-pressure environment because his gearbox is never really going to work and that's not yeah. the purpose of it. It's just a training tool. So there, I, I, totally, I totally can see that. I think that the yeah. challenge that people fall into and fall prey to is the this idea of like, I'm going to fix this gun and yeah. I'm going to save, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Well, number one, how many guns have you worked on already? Just the one or two, like, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you need to work on more. And then number two is, is it actually going to be cheaper when you start looking at all the parts that you want to put in there? Cause I mean, unless you happen to have those parts just kicking around your shop, like you or Pat, um, or, you know, all of uh, the other airsoft techs, the guys like Todd and stuff who happen to have inventory in your house mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form, you're going to have to go out there and buy potentially new gears, a new piston, a new motor, oh, maybe all of those things, depending on the state yeah. of the boneyard. And so suddenly maybe you're already over a hundred bucks into new parts, right? Yeah. And you, let's say you, let's say you, you bought it for 80 bucks, hundred bucks. Let's just say a hundred bucks just to, to keep things even. Um, and yeah, you can quickly spend another 80 to a hundred dollars in parts, you know, buying that MOSFET and, you know, you throw a MOSFET in there. Now you're closer to 175, 150 bucks. Um, and those are just the parts in the gun. Uh, and it's not all in there. Now it's the time and how much is your time worth? Uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so it can, it can be not inexpensive. I mean, or did I say that right? It can, it can, it can be expensive. Let's just say it that yeah. way. Um, I think, you know, there's all sorts of traps people fall into doing that. 
just buying all the best stuff. Oh, I'll get the Max this and, and the, the pair in that and blah, 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 blah. All the name brand parts. And then they just throw them in there and it's like, uh, they don't work together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in a gun that was not working to begin with, um, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. I think going slow with stuff, getting, again, buying a gun that maybe is working, you know, that's shooting, put a battery in it and it, and it'll hurl a BB. Mm-hmm. It may not be, you know, optimal, but it, but it's basically a working gun. Um, yeah. To the gun that is completely torn apart, missing parts and sitting in a box somewhere. Um, I think those are generally cheaper uh, unless they're a unique gun, um, you know, with trades and you don't see it available anymore. So, um, yeah. And I think Pat has often sought um, like VFC M4 gearbox or not gearboxes, excuse me, VFC like receivers and stuff like that, specifically okay. to put a Kythera in or whatever, because they work, they play really well with that. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, you don't care if it's working or not, because you're going to strip the inside and oh, put yeah. your own stuff in there. Absolutely. But again, it's a very specific use case. You know what you are doing. You are specifically looking for something and the function of it doesn't matter because you have a different plan for it. That's a different conversation, yeah. right? If, if you're, again, like you're looking at your second airsoft gun being like, I'm going to save 200 bucks by doing this thing. And it's like, well, to your point just now, like if it's, if you're going to be putting upgrades and stuff and you're looking and the cost, it's going to be, well, I'm going to spend 80 bucks on this boneyard plus 120 worth of parts and now i'm at 200 dollars. would i have been better off just buying a 200 dollars or close to 200 dollars us airsoft gun because 200 doesn't get you much in canada uh but you know like would that have been better for you and i'd say for the vast majority of especially beginner players almost certainly i would agree with that 100 percent. absolutely um yeah that's just 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 the things you would have to teach yourself and learn to get that you know, and, and I, I, I try to encourage people to go out and learn how to tech on their guns, to fix stuff themselves. I think mm-hmm. that's, um, that's a skill that, you know, there's, you learn so much about teching on airsoft guns that is apple, apple, you can apply <laughs> later mm-hmm. on uh, in life, you know, just working on your car, let's say, you know, you got a tiny little screw, you know, it's a fine thread. It's like you don't sit in there and just tighten it down, you know, Manila Gorilla Grip. You you need to have a certain level of, you know, just don't over-tighten stuff. And you learn that quickly with Airsoft because when you do that, you strip out the, you know, the threads in that zinc, aluminum zinc gearbox yeah. shell. And now you got to buy a new gearbox shell because you, you went at it with, you know, with the sledgehammer when you needed – you know, and so that's something that you learn how much torque to apply to things and that and that can go on or knowing when to just get up and walk away from the gun. Yep, absolutely. That's that's a huge. And unfortunately, I think I probably learned that much later than I should have because um, it's so frustrating, you know, when yeah. that, when that anti I wish I could speak this evening uh, when that anti reversal latch you know, keeps popping out and you're like, ah, you know, I'm yeah. so close to closing this thing up and, and, you know, so learning to walk away. So there's, there's all sorts of things you can learn from teching on, on guns. Um, 
But, and yeah. especially because there's things that you can do to your airsoft gun, especially the airsoft gun's body that is irreversible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, I ripped off the, uh, the like, rail sorry i ripped off part of the upper receiver trying to get a rail off by applying too much torque to it right oh and the, yeah because the metal is cheap metal it just yeah. tore the receiver what it's are you gonna do that's it's not coming back together and even on a real gun you can you know especially like a like a let's just say an m4 uh or or an ar uh i have snapped off that uh the little part that sits in the lower uh, receiver and then the pin comes in through the side i have ripped mm -hmm. that ear completely off using putting it in a vice you know nice uh, a smooth jaw vice so it doesn't mar up the the thing uh, and all of a sudden it just goes and cracks it off and it was like yeah. oh and and that was not just a cheap you know uh um a and k uh don't buy a and k used guns don't buy a and k guns um but uh <laughs> But I've snapped off uh, my Lonex one like that too. So, yeah, live and and, learn. and those and, and like yeah, like live and learn. But like learn from our mistakes too, guys. Like there's like Chavs was yeah. saying, like there is an appropriate amount of torque, and there's an appropriate amount of um, you know just physical um, you know manipulation that you can apply to something before you're like. And Pat says this before. I said this many times. It's like I pick up the hammer. And I'm like, I need to put this down and walk away now because the hammer is <laughs> yes. not the right tool for oh, no. this job. Doesn't matter what it is. Like rubber yeah. mallet, maybe, maybe, maybe. but everything <laughs> else, like, no, it's like you're a break. I'm breaking out the power stop. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. Right. You're grabbing yeah. the crescent wrench or, or, or yeah, it's like, uh, don't use crescent wrench. But, vice vice know, grips. No. Vice grips. No, 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 no. Or something yeah. that is, you know, designed for a nut that that's, you know, as big as your head. Don't use that either. Yeah. You know, use finer tools. But and especially when you're getting into it, like you don't, you really don't know what you don't know. Oh, God. right. And I remember uh, one of the very first times I ever tried to do any sort of modification to my airsoft gun ever. This was my second gun. It was uh, King Arms, I think SR16, apparently, but it was that's what the guy had said it was. But it was like yeah. it wasn't SR16 because it's a full stock. But anyways, <laughs> the, the 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 rail was super super short. But I was putting on a suppressor, and the suppressor that I had, this fake suppressor, I should be clear, um, had a specific flash hider so that you could click it on and off like a cool guy, okay. right? So I had to get the flash hider off of my um uh, off of my my airsoft and it would not come off okay. it just I, as much as i would turn it would not come off tell me if you know where this is going mm -hmm. um so i just i was like okay they must have applied some sort of glue or loctite or something like that in the uh in the 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 flash hider so i'm there like dipping it in boiling water to try and release it and all this kind of stuff time, time out is this a plastic flash hider because, no, no so no. in the u.s we have to deal with the way of oh the orange that, tips yeah, yeah, yeah the orange plastic you know or it's painted or it's a steel one then it's painted so i just right. was wondering if it's plastic or no or so this okay. was this was some sort of metal steel i'm not sure but some sort of metal <laughs> and so i have the pot of boiling water on the stove and I've got the barrel just dipped in it because in my mind, this was the best way to loosen whatever adhesive or glue or whatever was in this flash hider. Well, you're not entirely which, wrong. <laughs> which, okay. It, but at the same time, 
the thing that's so stupid about this is that the flash hider screws on the other way. Yeah. Right? So I was torquing it down instead of trying to release it because someone explained to me later, it's like you're screwing the gun into the flash hider, not the flash hider into the gun. And I was like, well, that would have been nice to know. But I didn't know that. And so I'm torquing and I'm torquing and I'm torquing and I just, I couldn't get it off. And then eventually I stopped and I'm like, maybe I should try the other direction. I tried the other direction and I'm like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Right. Oh, Oh, so you got it off without. I got it off. Oh yeah. And then I put my cool guy flash hider and like, so that was great. And it worked. But, and it worked, it worked fine. But like, this is a clear, uh, to me, this is a classic example of you do not know what you don't know. Absolutely. And so in this in this situation, it would be you could be forgiven for being like, oh my God, my flash hider is just on there permanently. I'm just never gonna be able to remove it. Yeah. Right. And if you don't know that, then you know, and you don't you're not resourceful enough, like you know, clearly I was super dumb at the time, didn't think to try the other direction to see if that helped. Did you um, look online? Like well, YouTube at the time or, or was this this was before this was 2007 of, right yeah, before so the rise at, of youtube and what we well youtube didn't today. exist at the time right yeah. or if it did it was a, i think 2007 was like the first year of youtube so yeah. like uh, you know and so the only resource that i had at the time was airsoft canada which is not an instantaneous resource it was a forum oh God, no right yeah. and yeah. so i made a post but like I'm in my kitchen getting ready to boil the water. So like nobody's getting back to me in time to intervene, to stop me from, for just be like, Hey dude, are you stupid? Just twist it the other way. Right. Um, and that's eventually that, that is uh, what happened. Like some guy replied, it's like, did you try turning it the other way? And I was like, yes. Right. Like, what are you going to do? But so something that's so basic can confuse me. And I'm, you know, I'm not the sharpest cheese in the sandwich, but I'm also not like uh, an idiot, right? And I was still confused by it. So this this can happen at any level about anything, at any part of your airsoft oh, yeah. gun. And as complexity increases, it becomes more and more likely. So you really got to know and be okay with admitting, hey, I, I don't I don't think I know enough. There's no shame in looking at something and being like, Hey, I'm going to take this boneyard and I'm going to fix it up and being like, Hey, wait a minute. No, that's stupid. You don't know nearly enough about teching to be able to realistically make this, this assessment. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think, you know, the other thing is, is sometimes you, especially I see it on discord. Uh, people will ask a question and I just, you know, like you didn't turn it the other direction. Like, why do I even have to say that? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's on us, uh, people that that uh, try to give advice um say it all because maybe someone doesn't know it all uh, yeah you know the other thing is especially with flash hiders and I, the other thing i was you know there were three outcomes i was thinking one you weren't turning it the right direction two there was a little grub screw oh yeah yeah a little grub screw it. yeah um, or or three it was glued on and mm-hmm. you did need to boil it or heat it some way so um yeah, I'm glad it came off for you and didn't you didn't shred all of the threads off of the barrel well, and or twist it, yeah, or like you know rip the outer barrel or oh, damage yeah. it in so some many way. Bad right? things, yeah. yeah, exactly, or bend it, just flat out bend it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, airsoft guns are, you know, we always say, oh well, maybe you should buy a metal body gun and or or, or um, there's some new polymers that are pretty cool and some airsoft guns are only polymer. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you you need to be careful with them. They may be metal, but 
It's not good metal. They're not good metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not good. So being being careful, and especially on an old gun that you finally found, you know, I finally found the SIG 5.52 that I wanted. I can't get parts for that. ICS yeah. does not make any parts for that gun anymore. They have given up on servicing that gun years ago. Uh, yeah. So there is nothing new to buy. So being careful with that gun uh, it's, is really important. Um, here's another one that I, let me reach back and get this. I think I can get it. My cord, ah, hold it. They're all black and look the same from this angle. So <laughs> <laughs> I should, that's why you should paint your guns. Um, but so this is a, uh, um, oh, the Evo. Scorpion. Yeah. Scorpion Evo. This guy. Oh, anyhow, <laughs> just discovering things. Um, I've always wanted one of these, but they're, they're, they're not cheap. Mm -hmm. They're, they're a fairly expensive gun. And, uh, I, I was over at the, um, the local gun, uh, 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 retailer and, um, I was just admiring the, the Evos on the wall and they had both the HPA version and the, uh, um, and the AEG version. And, um, I was asking about them and, you know, just like playing with them, holding them, uh, doing all the things you do right before you buy a gun. Um, mm -hmm. And then one of the guys in the back, he goes, you're pretty good with, with messing with guns. Uh, we've got this one in the back that, uh, um, you know, it's all kind of, you know, it's not working. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, mm, how much? <laughs> and yeah. uh, they sold it to me for, and this is what's nuts. So this, this particular Evo, um, they don't have serial numbers on it. This one is like one of the very, very, very first ones. This was one of the ones that they sent that, uh, uh, ASG, the company that makes these guns sent out to all the YouTubers, to all of the, oh, wow. uh, the stores, you know, so they could get their hands on it and do videos about it and get the hype up out there for it. Um, mm -hmm. they sold me the case that it, it that, uh, ASG made a case specifically for the gun, a, a soft shell case. It's all foam cut and everything for it. Um, I got that too. And on the outside of that, that it says property of ASG demo model. So this, this gun is super early, but it came to me in a box and taken apart. And, um, you know, I got like eight mags with it, um, just all sorts of parts and it was missing. I think there was a, a main return spring for the charging handle that was gone missing. And, um, this, they were saying that I, the, the MOSFETs in these guns are a little, little touchy. Don't look sideways at them for too long or mm -hmm. else they'll, they'll not work. Um, and that was out. And, but the shop said, if you buy it, we'll get you a new MOSFET for it and you install it and put it back together. And I was like, okay, that's $50 just for that replacement part. Yeah. Uh, that, that ASG sells. Um, so I did it, I bought it and, uh, um, it turned out again, another, it turned out really, really good. Um, uh, uh, the gun works, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's a wonderful gun. Um, uh, and it's, you know, it's back to, to being used. Um, so 
another one, but that was a, that was one that you really like, Oh boy, this, cause this is a real specific gun, but the upside is, is that there's a lot of, uh, aftermarket support for it there's also mm-hmm. um, real manufacturer support for it you can buy the the new parts for it still and that makes a big difference when you when you're talking about like trying yeah. to repair especially like for specific models like if you're trying to repair a boneyard m4 of some sort i mean different story or an ak like there's airsoft parts like basically everywhere for those. Oh, yeah. But then if you start getting more specific about like, oh, like, you know, I think, for example, of people who uh, play in the reenactment space, it, reenactment space, like Johnny, oh, yeah. like, if he's trying to get a grease gun up and running or, an, you know, maybe an MP40, maybe not, but like an, a short magazine Lee Enfield or something like your options are extremely limited if they yeah. even exist. I remember the GNG Scar L that we had had a like a proprietary um like trigger because it was yeah. ambi an ambi trigger and the way that the trigger knob was it had like a a, a ball bearing inside for the clicking that's what oh, yeah. held it in position yeah. and it's like if you lose that ball bearing you better <laughs> yeah. find another exact of the same one because like what's because, gonna happen like, yeah because it was made in taiwan or or china they didn't use a standardized yeah exactly ball bearing it's a very unique and specific so yeah. And so like all of those are those things are also things that you need to consider when yeah. you're when you're uh, looking at a boneyard gun. And if you're if you're listening to this and going like, oh, well, I don't I don't need to worry about that kind of stuff because blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a difference between saying I don't need to, to worry about these kinds of things because I know I don't need to worry about them because I have the knowledge to say it's not going to be an issue in this circumstance. That's one mm-hmm. thing. But if you're thinking if you're saying, oh, well, I want you to worry about that kind of stuff. And if you're being honest with yourself, that's more wishful thinking. Yeah. I, I maybe think the, you walk away. Right? I think you're absolutely right. You have to be honest with yourself. You know, you can't, you really, I think we've seen it a few times. Um, uh, and maybe it was just the hype of, oh, everyone's saying, oh, you can do this. And I'm specifically talking about on the Discord. We've seen a couple examples mm-hmm. of it where somebody has gotten in over their head uh, because they were talked up that, you know, everyone's saying, oh, well, you know, you, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. Okay, well, everyone's saying I can do it. And it, it didn't happen. Um, so you be honest with yourself and really assess your skill level. Um, I think that's that's fair to yourself um yeah and and to your wallet because it can and asking yourself i think can you afford to take an l as the kids say can you afford to take a loss in this situation yeah because if you can't then you shouldn't it's like it's literally like gambling if you can't afford to lose the money you shouldn't be playing oh absolutely blank absolutely and I think we see you're right in, in the Discord, but just in general, I think in yeah. the airsoft and in hobby spaces in general, airsoft is not oh, unique to that. Absolutely. We, we see a lot of people like with that wishful thinking approach. It's like, oh, well, it's just a hobby. It's for fun. I'll be able to do that. No big deal. But, you know, it's it's more complicated than that. And I, I even for me, like I've been playing airsoft a really long time. I've been teching around, you know, Pat, who is um I I would say very skilled Jason who's very skilled spent a lot of time talking to you you know guys on the discord like uh, like Koro and stuff who have a lot of knowledge and even still I am constantly abutting against stuff that I don't know or I'm only doing for the first time polishing barrels is a good example I have never polished an airsoft barrel in my life until I did it the other day and I watched a whole bunch of videos and when I started doing it I was like am I doing this right I don't know and I went through the process now the risk level of polishing a barrel 
very low. Can I afford to take a loss here? Yeah, but probably nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. Right. I'm using very non-aggressive polish. Like it's going to be okay. Yeah. But you know, at the same time as I was polishing a barrel, Pat was taking my AEG gearbox out and putting an AEG, um, an HPA gearbox or not gearbox, but an HPA yeah. setup in very different, right? Very yeah. different skill set. I could not have done that for the first time the way that he did it. No way, no how. So you need to be honest. It's like, can I actually do this? And I have no problem admitting, like when I'm looking at the Kythera, I'm like, I bought it, but I don't know what to do with it, right? And that's okay. It has to be okay. Otherwise... I'm going to be in a really bad way if my only airsoft gun, which is my only airsoft gun, yeah. is sort of sitting on a bench for two months. Like, how am I going to get ready for Iron Horse? It's not going to work. No, no. I I, I bought uh, the Kythera engine. Um, I actually traded a, a, a fairly unique MP5 gun to a guy on our team. And uh, he had this brand new Kythera engine that he bought and mm -hmm. then realized he didn't have any clue how to install this and, and what else <laughs> it was going to need. You know, he didn't buy the regulator or the tank or the line, you know, any of that stuff or a UGS, you know, a integrated uh, uh, a universal uh, stock that holds mm -hmm. the air. Anyhow, uh, he, he bought none of that, but then just had this expensive, you know, uh, engine. And he was like, oh, you know, I really want an MP5. Would you be willing to trade one of your MP5s for, for this engine? And I was like, I quickly looked up what a what a, a Kythera engine was selling for at the time. And yeah. at the time, it was about 300 bucks. Um, That's for, a good deal. For an engine. <laughs> and I was like, now the MP5 I gave him was very unique. Uh, was not meant to be imported to the to North America at all. It came in, it came from, again, my, my local shop. They, they're a, an ICS dealer and uh, ICS brings in all their guns and puts them all over the walls and everything like that. And they had this MP5 um, that was very unique. And um, these guys, those, a lot of times at those big trade shows, they don't want to go home with all those guns. Mm -hmm. So they'll either sell them or give them away to people. And they just wow. gave this one to these people that own Fox Airsoft because they're such a, a, a good ICS retailer for them. Um, so they gave them a couple guns. So I was in there and they're like, oh, check this thing out. It's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love MP5s and brand new MP5, my only new MP5 that I've ever had. And so <laughs> they, they sold it to me. Literally, it had to be cash. And it had to be, it was like 120 bucks for a gun that does not, is not legally supposed to be in North America because HK was going to sue the crap out of, of, of ICS for, right. for doing this. Yeah. And so it was a, it was a, you know, so it came in, it was a shooting, like just, just a tick over a jewel, you know? So I was like, okay, this is a European gun. Um, anyhow, um, I bought it for cash so that they could go buy beer and, <laughs> um, mm. and, and there was no way they could inventory it. So, uh, bought it, did it, traded that to the guy. Um, and I felt like it was a good deal, uh, for both of us. And, yep. uh, and then the guy got out of airsoft and he literally calls me up and he's like, Hey, do you want your gun back? And I was like, dude, I can't. I mean, I literally could have had that. And I told him, I was like, no, you need to sell that. I feel bad about having both your Kythera engine and, and my gun back. But um, anyhow, that's another story. But Did you uh, buy it back? Oh, I did not. I did not. I just, I was like, one, I didn't 
have any extra cash laying around to and feeling good about you know giving him yeah, yeah. what it was worth and nor was i going to give him back the kythera engine because i was already into that mm-hmm. but uh but the thing is is i i bought that engine and not knowing how to install an hpa system at all you know and again doing research looking online watching videos talking to people uh, and i struggled through it and it was tough yeah. like it was really really tough but it taught me so much like crazy amounts and so then when i went to install an f2 engine in um it was so much easier like yeah way easier the second time through and then building other people's kite their engines or guns yeah well i think and you know you this is a really good point for uh, for people to, who are listening to this is like, listen, if you're not prepared to, if you don't have the skills and you're not prepared for that learning curve, then you're really not setting yourself up for uh, for success. And you're not setting yourself up to have a non-stress-free time. Because again, if this is, if you're, if everything you have is riding on this bet that you're making, yeah, then you better have really good odds in your favor, have all the skills or yeah. you got to be, you know, realistic with, okay, well, how much effort is it going to take? And we're not talking here about like, oh, I'm just swapping a motor or whatever. Like you, it's, a it's okay. Or a right. Yeah, exactly. Like if yeah. you're, if you're going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go in there. I'm going to have to figure out what's wrong. I'm going to have to take it apart. There could be parts missing. It could be, you know, gears. It could be, you know, like if you don't like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure whether which, which direction anti-reversal latch goes in. Well, you know, probably you need to do a bit of research and figure that stuff out. Step away before... from the bench. <laughs> well, well, yeah, right? And like just, you know, if you don't – and it's not that we're trying to gatekeep people from doing that. But yeah. there is there is knowledge that you need to have and there's experience that you need to have before you can realistically say, hey, I'm going to go and fix a boneyard gun and that's I'm going to save a bunch of money doing that. Yeah. I mean, the first one I ever bought was from, I think, uh, uh, Airsoft GI. They had it listed on their website. It was $60 for a plastic body AK-47. Uh, nice. <laughs> and I was like, ah, what the hell? You know, um, and, um, you know, there's some, there's some amazing stories about them selling, you know, these large retailers. They sell thousands of guns every year, and not every one of them works. Or yeah. sometimes things happen, goofy things that people do to them and then they're like oh well it's a warranty so i'm going to send it back but the best story that i've ever heard from them is um the story about the guy buying a a really expensive lmg you know like a 700 lmg and getting the gun and he's like okay i'm fully prepared to you know go into this you know he bought it for like 175 bucks or something like that it turns out it was a fuse the fuse was burnt yeah which is the first thing that I always take out of every airsoft gun. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So are those deals out there? Yeah. It's, it's happened. But um, I think you also, and again, back to the thing, are you willing to roll the dice? Yeah. Know what you're doing. These are, these are important uh, uh, things to know. Yeah. So, but then there's, where do you find them? Like you said, you know, the lots of different places you can even find them at your uh, local, um, you know, uh, buy, sell and trade days, uh, yeah. you know, go to your local field, you know, and a lot of times people bring out, uh, all their, their, uh, their old stuff that they're not using anymore, selling off old guns or, or guns that they're just not using. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll 
tell a story out of out of school here. Uh, Sam, our our buddy Sam, he just did that last weekend. He picked up a Tokyo Marui M4. Nice. It looks gorgeous. The pictures I've seen. Uh, the guy was a collector, and he just much like you and your 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 uh, Famas. Uh, uh he, he picked it up and it, it it's all plastic body but uh um he's like oh do i touch it do i open it up and i was like nah just leave it just leave it just just it's a good one it's a wall hanger uh, yeah but you know i think he, he spent like 80 bucks for it or something like that that's wild yeah that's wild good for him <laughs> yeah absolutely well you know it's funny that you mentioned that because it sort of brings us full circle like tokyo you know they were the gold standard and people you know people have like unpopular opinions that tokyo sucks and all this kind of stuff but for the longest time man especially if you're buying an older model tokyo not necessarily stuff that's being made today but mm -hmm. stuff from like 10 years ago that's still available out there like collectors have etc it's very noticeable the quality difference uh, between that and similarly marketed models, you know, oh, um, I bet that plastic body Tokyo, if it's from, you know, the, let's say 2010s or something like that mm -hmm. feels really nice yeah. compared to a plastic body Gene GM4 that's identical. Oh, right? absolutely. So absolutely. it's, uh, you know, and you, you, if you go and you play with that gun, then great. But, but, you know, like you also, that's all part of that that residual market that that used market. One thing I would say, just as a last you know a last thing, when it comes to buying used guns in particular, if you're in your local community or you're looking online and stuff, and you constantly see the same types of oh. guns on sale, and I don't mean like oh there's lots of M4s on sales, yeah, bro, we know it's like the most common gun, but I mean like if there's a specific type of airsoft gun, make and model that you see repeatedly being sold by people. Um, chances are that's because it's not very good in some yeah. way, shape or form, yeah. right? There's some sort of like congenital issue with that particular maker model. Um, it, it back in, uh, when I, there was a, um, one model in particular, it was like a PD, it was a, um, like a PDW style M4. Mm -hmm. It was made by WE, I think. It was a gas oh, yeah. blowback. Uh, gas blowbacks are a nightmare, I've learned since. But regardless, yeah. uh, this one, if you, uh, just the visual of it, it had like a, a folding stock that was like a wire stock uh, or like wireframe oh, stock. And it had yeah. like the barrel with like the divots in it, like a golf ball kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And they were on sale on Airsoft Canada almost every week for super cheap. Right. And I was like, this is great. As soon as I get my $300 Canadian, because that's what stuff costs in Canada. Like, once I get $300, I'm going to get it. And then someone was like, well, have you ever stopped to consider why there's so many on sale all the time? And I was like, no, it's just a great deal. I'm like, it's because people are trying to offload them because they're not great. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Now, it's oh. not necessarily the case, but it's definitely a question you should be asking yourself right? Oh, when you're looking at used yeah. guns. We all, we all think we're going to get the one. You know, you, you go on Amazon, you look at every, you know, the thing, and it's it's like $12, and but there's all these reviews that say, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. And it's like, I'm going to get the one that's good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm going to be the 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 25% the, the that survive, you know, the, that does well. I don't know. It's just, it's it's a thing that we all do to ourselves. Um, yeah. We always think we're going to be the winners. And I just, again, rolling that dice, uh, every once in a while it, it comes up, but a lot of times it's craps. Yeah, totally. Well, listen, Chaz, I really appreciate you taking the time yeah. to, for this, uh, for this chat. It's, it's, 
uh, fun. I hope people who listened, uh, who are considering boneyards or stuff like that, get a get an opportunity to sort of think about it. And you know, come on the Discord and ask us questions. Like if you're if you're looking at a boneyard and you're thinking about you know fixing something up and you you think you might be missing information or you want a second opinion, like ask people there. Like the community is super helpful. You know, it's not just Chaz. Like there's lots of people in there who have very in depth knowledge of airsoft, uh, HPA, GBB, like AEG, all of it. So don't be shy. Ask your questions first before you spend your money. Um, and that'll make sure that at least you're stacking the odds, you know, in your favor as best yeah. as you can. Okay. So Chaz, thanks for being here today, buddy. Oh, Always glad to me. talk to you. Yeah. Uh, thanks you guys for listening. Like I said, join the discord if you want to keep the conversation going. Uh, but until then, that's all I got for you this week. Take care, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.